These are distinct roles that you play in your own career. And you cannot have your worker bee making CEO decisions. You can't try to have your scientist doing worker bee tasks. It doesn't make sense. And that is why it is worth cultivating in yourself the clarity of what you're doing with your career, cultivating within yourself the skills that your CEO needs, like aligning your activities and goals with your actual purpose, like creating effective boundaries that still allow you to be a good departmental citizen, like being able to communicate whether it's a yes, a no, or a maybe clearly and effectively so you stop being voluntold what to do and just being like, well, I just didn't have a choice. What? No. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. Okay, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I'm trying to learn something new or integrate something new in my life, I really need to see it written down. I need a framework to understand how to make it come alive for me and also so I can adapt it to make it work for me. And that's what I was thinking about when I started writing the KD Coach Foundation newsletters way back in 2019. I spent about 18 months writing these twice a month, thinking about all the ways in which I could communicate really clearly and honestly, briefly about some career shifting tactics, strategies, and perspectives that can truly change people's experience of their career. Now, let's be honest. Some of these were great. Some of them were good. And some of them were just a really good try. But what I've done is compiled them into a digestible format of all of the great ones. I want to be able to keep this knowledge going. I got so many messages over and over again about how much the newsletters were changing people's approach to their productivity, the approach to managing their sanity and their energy during the week, and their approach to thinking about how to translate the goals and the desires of their career into functional, actual actions in their day in and day out experience. If you're interested in any of that, I really encourage you to sign up for our newsletter, The Katie Coaching Foundations. It's free 99 and you can sign up at slash foundations Once you sign up, you will get one of these top tier, best performing, <laughs> most cited <laughs> newsletters from that period of time in your inbox every two weeks. I share these because I know, honestly, a lot of people are never going to sign up for Get That Grant. A lot of people are not going to be able to access the coaching we do because we're unapologetically focused on women of color faculty in academic medicine. 
But hey, I still want to help our entire field. I want to start a revolution. So if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely sign up at www.kemidole.com slash foundations to check out our Career Foundations series. Hello, hello. We are bringing you an episode today from a 30-day live stream Instagram challenge that I did in the summer of 2023, potentially quite recently, depending on when you're catching this episode. Our topics range for things that were very career-focused to things that were pretty personal and everything in between. We've curated some of the most popular ones, or frankly, just some of my favorite, even if they weren't popular, to bring them to the podcast. And this week, we're dropping one for your ears. I hope you enjoy it. The CEO, scientist, and worker bee is a concept that I use to help to teach people how to activate their self-leadership skills in their career in academic medicine. And I do this because it is just true. Like, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to, like, worry about. People feel so bad about this. But I do this because the training that is required to become a faculty member in academic medicine or public health That training that is required, part of the way that you're successful through that training is to be really, really good at doing whatever people tell you to do. That's part of how you get ahead. That's part of how you're successful. You are really good at taking what people tell you to do and exceeding their expectations over and over again. And when we're talking about women of color who are largely minorities in fields, especially underrepresented minorities, especially black women in academic medicine or public health, like you're not going to get a coveted faculty position. You're not going to get to that place where you're on the tenure track, where you have a faculty position at a really, really competitive R1 university. If you have not become superb in doing what people tell you to do and exceeding their expectations. So of course the problem comes because you then start on your faculty job and your leadership skills are all following skills. Honestly. Ooh, that was a bar. Somebody should repeat that in the comments. Your leadership skills are basically following skills. Like that's what you've honed. And the issue that comes with that is that it just makes it really, really hard to actually chart your own course for the career that you want to create when the way that you would chart that course is to ask a bunch of people what to do and then do what they tell you to do. So it's like you've got this really great tool of following that you can no longer use. And the CEO, the scientist, and the worker bee concept is to help you reactivate the pieces of you and understand what they are so that you can use them to make decisions in your career. If you want to learn more about this, you can check out both my podcast and my newsletter. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh my gosh, I forgot that I was going to time myself to try to actually keep this to 10 minutes, but I didn't remember that. So now I'm starting the clock like three minutes ago. So we'll see. All right. So what does it mean? First of all, the CEO, the scientist, and the worker bee is reflecting the fact that you don't get to do the thing where you just proclaim like, oh, I'm just a procrastinator, or I just do this, or I'm just like that. Yes, thank you. Your leadership skills are following skills. Thank you. Who is that? Thulangyo? Thank you. Thula? Okay. Anyway, so you don't get to do the thing where you proclaim like, I'm just one way, or you know, I'm just a really hard worker, but I don't really know how to lead. Like That is an immature approach. What's true is that you're capable of making the decisions you need to make, but you probably atrophied in which parts of you need to make those decisions. So when we get to faculty, everybody really understands the worker bee part of these are all internal pieces of you. Your worker bee is like, give me a task, I'll get it done. (laughs) Give me a task, I will get it done. 
set a challenge ahead of me and I will put my nose down and do that challenge. And you're very, very, very good at that. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you should be very proud of yourself because it got you where you are. You are capable of pushing yourself past probably a lot of other folks' levels of exhaustion and things like that because you just know how to get things done. And if we're being honest, you get a deep satisfaction from checking stuff off, from just understanding really clearly what it is I'm being asked to do and then being able to be like, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to execute. That is your worker bee. But if that sounds familiar to how I started, it's on purpose because that's the part of you that you have honed so well to be the follower. When you become faculty and you're trying to create a career that actually works for you, you're trying to do the work that you love, you're trying to do the work that you came here to do, you are super, super excited about being able to revel in the flexibility, the flexibility and the freedom of this academic career. But the only person, your only self-leadership mode is the worker bee who's waiting to be given a task to do. You will spend one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years checking boxes that other people put in front of you. And here you can do this and make progress. I mean, like you can do this and get promoted. You can. You can do this and be successful. It's just very hard to have your worker bee be in charge and have any balance. It's very hard to have your worker bee in charge and have a sustained level of curiosity and satisfaction and nourishment from your career. And it is damn near impossible to have your worker bee be in charge and to hold meaningful boundaries because that's not what a worker bee does, y'all. A worker bee doesn't hold boundaries. It's the opposite. The worker bee destroys boundaries to get shit done. That's your worker bee. Super, super important because that's why you get things done, should not be in charge at all. Number two, your scientist. Your scientist has probably been active, but you've like barely noticed your scientist because your scientist is sitting there like solving problems, you know, and like being creative and getting like really excited about data or new ideas or perspectives. But the way that people start out before they're being really thoughtful about this is that their scientist is like, comes out of nowhere. You know, they'll just have this experience like, oh my gosh, I just got all these insights. I just got all these ideas. I just got so excited. It'll almost be like I jumped up twice and the moon was, you know, in crescent. You know what I mean? And something happened yesterday and like all the stars aligned and like I felt that inspiration and creativity show up. So they experience, you experience your scientist as something that just like happens to you, not as something that you can control or call up when you're ready. And why is that the case? Because your scientist has no structure. Your scientist has no structure. Your whole career is structured by your worker bee who's just checking off tasks. So the scientist just every once in a while pops up and is like, I have an idea. <laughs> it's like, again, again, you can do that again. But is that the career that you came to have? Is that what you were trying to do is have a career where every once in a while, the creative, problem solving, deeply reflective part of you just accidentally gets to pop up? Or were you trying to have a career where your career and where you go and what you create is very much nurtured by that scientist mind? I mean, I'm trying to have the latter. I'll know about you. So your scientist is 
sometimes somewhat underdeveloped at the beginning, often, again, is acting like sporadically randomly, which just means that we have not fully tapped into what you're actually capable of. That's what that means. Your worker bee is just going on here, checking boxes, checking boxes. Meanwhile, you haven't even given your scientists an opportunity to create way better boxes to check, way better tasks to do, way more interesting work. But your scientists can't do that without structure. We have to learn how to nourish our minds. When do you think well? What are the inputs that actually inspire you versus just inspire your imposter syndrome? Some of us don't even know the difference between that, between feeling like genuinely inspired or just feeling threatened and feeling like we have to go compete because maybe that person is smarter than me or maybe they've gone ahead of me, right? So like, if your scientist lacks structure, then you have yet to really experience your own great potential. Like you've yet to unlock your own passion and creativity to its fullest extent because you've given your scientists no structure. So who's the third person? The third person is your CEO. The third aspect of your self-leadership team, your worker bee, your scientist, is your CEO. And your CEO is usually the most atrophied, especially if you've gone through a training program in academic medicine or public health, and yet the most critical girl in the room for your career. Like, what are you doing without the CEO? Oh, okay. Why? Because your CEO is the decision maker. Your CEO is the one who says, this is what we are doing and why. Your CEO sets the agenda of your career. Your CEO is the one who's communicating with other people on behalf of your scientists and your worker bee. Your CEO is the one that's going, okay, we need to publish these four papers this year. So that's why you have to say no to XYZ person because this doesn't fit and we're interested in sleeping at night. Your CEO is a decision maker and your CEO makes decisions to create structure, protected structure for your scientist. Your CEO makes decisions to keep your worker bee from burning out. Your CEO is the PR manager who's interfacing with your leadership, with your mentor, with all these people on behalf of what you're capable of. Your CEO is the one that holds the vision for your career and then is responsible for taking the daily steps in order to get there. Just think for a second what's happening in your career if you are not activating your CEO to make your decisions. Your scientist is unprotected. Your worker bee will work for anybody because the worker bee only needs something to do. So that's the concept of the CEO, the scientist, and the worker bee. It's recognizing and becoming aware that these are distinct roles that you play in your own career, and you cannot have your worker bee making CEO decisions. You can't try to have your scientists doing worker bee tasks. It doesn't make sense. And that is why it is worth cultivating in yourself the clarity of what you're doing with your career, cultivating within yourself the skills that your CEO needs, like aligning your activities and goals with your actual purpose, like creating effective boundaries that still allow you to be a good departmental citizen, like being able to communicate whether it's a yes, a no, or a maybe clearly and effectively so you stop being voluntold what to do and just being like, well, I just didn't have a choice. What? No. Your CEO is responsible for recognizing, listen, this is what we can and can't do. 
Your CEO is responsible for understanding this is how we're productive. Your CEO is the one who says, listen, this is when we work well. So you have to stop taking meetings during this time. Your CEO is the one who says, we're going to actually figure out this problem over this long period of time. You got one month to figure this out. We're going to try it four different ways and then we're going to move on from there. Your CEO is a leader. And if you're in academic medicine or public health or allied fields and you're a woman of color, you don't have an option to not have a CEO. You don't. You don't get to be like, well, I'll just abdicate this role to my mentor. Well, I'll just let my leader make decisions. Well, I'll just pretend I'm making decisions while actually just putting my head down, working really hard and hoping nobody notices me or hoping they just see my work and that's enough. Mm -mm. I'm passionate about this because this is what I found. I have not found that I meet somebody who's like, oh, you don't have a CEO. That is not what I find. It's not what happens at all. What happens is that with the realization that I can use a different part of me with a different set of tools to make decisions that allow my scientists and worker bee to actually be happy, to actually be well-rested, to actually be fulfilled. Now that I realize that's possible, that part of me blooms, shows up and shows out. And then that's when you start to realize the only reason it wasn't there was because of the culture, was because of the training I went through. There's nothing wrong with me. It's not that it's not possible. It's not that I'm too non-confrontational. It's not any of those things. You just have to give that part of you a chance to shine. And what I offer to you is that if you're like, this sounds great, but I got no idea how to do that, then you need to, one, go listen to the my podcast. Like, please, this is like the, what the whole thing is about, giving y'all CEO skills. Specifically, episode two is all about the CEO, the scientist, and the worker bee. But listen to all the episodes. Number two. Sign up for our newsletter. We have a Katie Coaching Foundation's newsletter. The literal whole point, the whole point of the newsletter is to give you distilled CEO lessons every two weeks in your inbox that are digestible and actionable. Take it in, go make a change. That's the whole point of the newsletter, okay? So you should sign up for that too. The link is in my bio. It's kemidole.com slash foundations is the other place you can find it. So with that said, I hope that you feel motivated. And I hope you remember if you find yourself like, oh, how did I get back in this position, et cetera, et cetera. I want you to just consider asking yourself something like this. Who made this decision? (laughs) If you're on a project and you're like, I hate this. Who made the decision? Was your worker be making the decision when you know they're not supposed to? Do you know what I'm saying? Was your scientist making the decision because they were just trying to solve problems with no structure? Ask yourself. And then you can say, okay, What would the CEO do now? What would the CEO do now? And then you move accordingly. You know what the CEO doesn't do? Well, it's already, it's too late. I made the decision. There's nothing I can do. Can you imagine the CEO of Nike being like, oh, we made a mistake, but there's nothing I can do. What? No, that's the whole job of the CEO is to be like, okay, assess the damage, make a change, move forward, right? I think that is like one of the most powerful pieces of activating the CEO is your ability to face a problem, face what you don't like about your career. I don't like my productivity. I don't like my work-life balance. I don't like the fact that I feel like my work is coming last. I don't like the fact that I'm not making as much progress I want to, et cetera, et cetera. A CEO is a person who faces. That's the part of you that faces that and goes, okay, girl, let's make a change. Let's do something different. Thank y'all so much. I did go over 10 minutes, but not by that much, hopefully. And yeah, this is day one of the 30-day live challenge. See you later.
hello. I'm coming through to remind you that we are starting a listener letter segment on the Your Unapologetic Career podcast. Write in with questions that you have. You can ask me anything. I will decide what I want to answer. You can bring forth challenging situations or suggest topics you might want to hear more about. To do that, you can reach me at podcast at kdolcoach.com. That's podcast at k-d-o-l-l-c-o-a-c-h.com with your questions. Please note if you'd like to be anonymous, and I will always do my best to keep you so. Excited to hear from y'all. 